And thank you for joining us for another episode of Corkscrews and Contracts. I'm Wyatt Wallace. And I'm Jennifer Hamrick. And we started this podcast to really give everyone a little bit better of an idea about buying uh, real estate, investing, uh, as well as purchasing a home for themselves. Uh, We have someone really special with us today. But first, Jennifer, what do we have? So we encourage you guys to grab a glass of wine and uh, talk real estate with us. Today we are drinking on Lise Finch, and that is a California Cabernet Sauvignon. Lovely. Let's give that a try. What do you think? I like it. You know, it's kind of sturdy. That's a good good name for a, a cab. I agree. I yeah. get it. But it's also not very... You know, it's kind of wet. I like it. <laughs> I hope that makes any sense at all. It's definitely not sweet, is what you mean. It's definitely not sweet. Definitely not sweet. Pamela Dozier is the principal interior decorator and owner of Interior Creations, which is a full-service interior decorating company in the business since 1994. They decorate residential and commercial properties, homes, restaurants, doctor's offices, churches, and a television station, to name a few of their projects. They also stage properties for realtors and builders and use wonderfully curated items from billionaires to those wanting to decorate on a budget. Thank you so much for being with us today, Pamela. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for joining us today. So, Gosh, yeah. So uh, thank you again for coming to, to our studio and wanted to know what, what you think of some of the design elements in this room. <laughs> the colors are vibrant <laughs> and they are exciting with the yellow and the royal intense blue. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. And then to ground it with the gray. It's just awesome. And they even have the red. So you got to pop a red, pop a yellow, and then that intense blue. And then the pillows with a little orange in it. So I think it's great. Just walking in makes you feel good. Mm, that's good. You know, for those of us that aren't knowledgeable about how to do interior design, and if you've heard the podcast before, you know I'm not good at picking colors at all. <laughs> My my feeling is to go, hey, I only want like two colors because I don't want to get too crazy. Okay. But but for you, you, you mentioned the pops of color and the brights and the, mm-hmm. as well as grounded by the gray, mm-hmm. which was so fascinating to me. Like, how do you know what's a good pop and what's too much pop? You know, like it's it's straight 90s or if it's, you know, it's, it's like it's a little better now. Well, you have um, done dominantly your main color primary color that you pick out which is probably 70 percent of the room and then you have your secondary color which would be maybe 20 percent and then you have the other 10 percent as a third so you generally have three colors that you want to pick out when you're doing the room but your accent colors is only going to be 30 35 40 percent at the most but about 35 percent of the room because you want your eye to flow around the room. And that's part of colors. And colors, each color represents um, excitement. Some is excitement, like the red and yellow. The gray is such a neutral that it could give you a kind of uh, kind of boring feeling. You know, it's, it's, it's a downer. It could be a downer. We used to use gray only in commercial buildings. And then we carried it over into the residential and when we did that in residential, then we had to bring in pop of colors with the yellow, the orange, and the pink flood, um, pink 
is another uh, color that we use with it now. Pink came in this year and uh, purple came in. And of course, a lot of guys don't like pink so much. So we're not doing the pink as much. Pink is one of my favorite <laughs> colors. But in decor, uh, pink sofa, that's a trend. So it's only going to be here for a little bit. Uh, so those are the two hot colors this yes right yes. now is the purple the lavender and you even see it in the clothes like i walked by michael kors store in uh, green hills mall and they had the lavender everywhere and so it carries over into our textile which is the clothing as well as the um home furnishings but um purple lavender each year a, a team of designers get together and choose what's going to be the color for the next year. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, Pantone? Is it those people? Yeah. It is? <laughs> no, it's not those no. people. Okay, no. whatever. No, it's fine. That's fine. But they get together at the market <laughs> and they decide <laughs> what the colors are going to be for the year. And then, it, and then it's like, okay, you're going to see it a little bit everywhere. You're going to see it in your home. You're going to see it in the furniture. Uh, Sometimes even in automobiles you see it. So... That's the color. That was a good try, though. I, I tried, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who got the pea green color? I, I feel like a lot of the houses that we flip these days, you know, it's just like, mm, either it's olive. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's pea green. That's yeah. not your favorite? That's not my favorite. I don't know who thought that was a good idea, but it must have been that room of people. Green is a um, natural, nature. Look at nature. You uh -huh. see the evergreen trees. You see the different color of leaves. So green is, it refers back to nature. Mm. Learn something new every day. <laughs> I'm still not satisfied, but I learn something new every day. He doesn't like that olive green, but he liked that baby blue the and blue. bright yellow. I sure did. <laughs> they were exciting and uplifting. Most men like the darker tones. Oh. Burgundy is the number one color that men pick. Really? That and is good to know. Mm -hmm. Most men, and because most men are uh, colorblind, mm. so they can definitely see burgundy because it's so intense. It has it's a version of red with more black in it, and that's one of the easiest colors to see is red. And so you add black to it, and you got burgundy. Well, okay. So let's let's back it up a minute. <laughs> Tell us how you got to Nashville. You like something about a train? <laughs> <laughs> Trains are wonderful. Mm. My mother put myself and my brother and my sister on a train from Buffalo, New York, and to come here to our grandparents in Nashville. Okay. And we, my father, everyone on my father's side is from Buffalo, New York. That's where I was born. And we lived there. And then my mother decided she wanted support for three children. And so by all of her siblings being here, then we got on a train and we rode here to Buffalo, New York, right there. Matter of fact, Union Station downtown, that's where the train stopped. You mean it was still a train station? Yeah. It that's was amazing. A train yeah. Because it's a hotel now, for those that don't know. It's a beautiful hotel. It is a beautiful hotel. Yeah, it's still one of my favorite hotels. Yeah. The interior is gorgeous. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, we took a train ride not too long ago in Nashville, just a short one, but mm -hmm, we got on the mm -hmm. Nashville Star. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trains are some. She said we could. She laid us across the seats, so it made it very comfortable for us and mm -hmm. everything. So 
it was it was I don't remember the train ride, but mm-hmm. I was told about about it. And so of course I'm a hot natured person and my friend said that's because you're from Buffalo. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Buffalo get blizzards. But I, don't know. But I, I do love Tennessee. Yeah, love Tennessee. How old were you when you? Very. I was a toddler. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I was like, I don't remember the train ride, but I go back there every summer okay. because of the weather in Buffalo. I try to go unless I, I had to go back in November last November uh, for a relative, but otherwise I go in the summertime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds like how I would be. I'm not a fan no. of the cold either. No, but Niagara Falls is my favorite, and it's only a few minutes, not far from Buffalo at all. Yeah, go there and have lunch for the day and sit on the terrace and watch watch the waterfall. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. I've never been. Yeah. Oh, not you would me. love it. You would love it. Yeah, and then as the night comes, then you see the mist coming mm-hmm. down from the falls. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Bucket list for We'll add it in. There you yeah. go. Yeah. There you go. Speaking of toddlers, so when you got into uh, interior design, mm-hmm. you started at your own home. Yes. I was on uh, bed rest pregnant with my son for five months. So since I was uh, isolated in the home, <laughs> then I said, well, while I'm here, I'm going to make it something beautiful. So I started decorating at home and I started taking pictures of things I had white everywhere, white rugs, white sofas, white towels. I had this, it was a creamy white, not Mm -hmm. a stark white, so it was a little bit warmer. And flowers, which flowers had come back in, florals. But I had all of that. And um, I had uh, invited my pastor and his wife over for dinner. And he said he'd purposely go to the restroom to see how clean a person's house is before he eats. So when he walked in and saw that my bathroom was immaculate, then he says, hey, you should be an interior decorator. And I'm like, really? So he introduced me to a contractor that was working on the church. And the contractor, I shadowed him, and he showed me how to um, negotiate contracts. He showed me how to get my license, my um, tax ID number. And then I went officially and got training under interior decorator in uh, Brentwood Interiors. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, how did you make that connection with Brentwood Interiors for anybody that would like to get into what you do? I was looking, researching for decorators that had schools that I could get credit mm-hmm. as far as decorating so I could get their experience as well as get my education as an interior decorator. And so I, and I had shopped in Brentwood. I love that area. And so when I called her and found out she had classes during the summertime, okay. which made it a little easy for me, then that's when I started going and, and uh, went to her classes and it turned out well. And then when I graduated from MTSU, they credit your classes that you've had like English, history, that's already credited. So you don't have to go back and take those. Okay. Yeah. Where would you say, and you've been, uh, decorating homes and uh, designing for 25 years or yes so. 25 years where would you say your specialty is what what really there's a show uh, called uh, design on the dime it used to be mm-hmm. a show and I absolutely love that show and my specialty is working with clients that don't have a big budget but yet I want to give them the look as if they spent thousands of dollars 
Now, I've decorated for millionaires, for billionaires. Mm -hmm. I've did commercial and residential. But what gives me the most excitement is to go in, even if it's a one-bedroom apartment, and transform that apartment into something. Your home reflects you. Your business reflects you. The interior of it reflects you. A person decides whether they're going to eat in your restaurant if the interior is nice. If it's not nice and it doesn't smell nice, more than likely you're not going to eat there. And when you go to visit someone, you may not even want to sit down on the sofa if it's not adequate. So your interior influences everything, every part of your life. Uh, coming from hotels mm -hmm. out in Los Angeles and some other places, the, the prevailing thing was smells. Mm -hmm. And how important that is to really set the stage for anyone going into your, your location because it tells a human on a very sub uh, subconscious level of what the values are for the location, what it is, the level of attentiveness. Yes. Yeah, even the amount of money that you plan to spend in that location. Yes. Based on that. Yes. What says this is exactly, uh, have you been to a place where you go, oh man, that is, that is right on. Or have you designed <laughs> something like that? Where you, is that... You know what? Um, I bring that feel. It's odd that you say hotels because the trend now for 2019 is to bring the spa and a resort into your home, into your interior. That's one of the top things now for 2019. So what I've did is bought big fluffy white towels, white comforters, um, this aroma to make sure there's nice plug-ins or nice oil scents going throughout the home. So I bring that into the interior, and but that's not one of the number one trends for this year is to have the spa feel or the resort feel within your home interior, either business or your home. I think you're in that room of people that decide for the whole world. <laughs> I feel like that's what we're having this conversation right now. She's a no. decider. <laughs> no, no, I'd have, as a decorator, doing it 25 years, every time I get a chance, I have to keep up on the latest. Because if I'm behind the trend, then I'm not going to be effective when it mm -hmm. comes to decorating. Uh, my style, I love ornate renaissance, period. I absolutely love that. The mm -hmm. dresses that the queen wear. Back in the Renaissance, Shakespeare. I love that, but that doesn't work in the house. Right. <laughs> right. So now we're more simplistic. We're doing the uh, mid-century modern, uh, but we're not doing the entire home in mid-century. We're doing elements of it because mm. we, you know, we still got the farmhouse going right now. Mm -hmm. But the mid since 19, 2019 is the mid-century modern. That's what we're going towards now, which is 1933 to 1965 is where that furniture came in. Oh. So therefore, we're bringing in some of those. It, modern is, <clears throat> you can also say that's contemporary. That's another way. Some people confuse the mid-century modern with contemporary style. Hmm. But it's, I guess it would say it's brother and sister because it is so similar. It's a different period of time. But that's what we're doing now in decorating is making sure that we have simple lines, not the ornate, the hand-carved uh, Rococo bed that has all these swirls in it, mm. which I love. 
but we're not doing that now. <laughs> we're not doing it as much. We're doing straight line, simple things. Mm-hmm. I notice floorboards and crown molding these days in houses is literally just a straight board. Yes, a two <laughs> by four <laughs> that is painted white. <laughs> Man, 10 yes. years ago, if you'd have yes. said they were building that into houses, oh, no. I would have smacked you. No. Are you I kidding had, me? How no. much am I paying for this being put <laughs> against right. the wall? That's and it's right. a square? Yes, a square. And I have a contractor that we would do houses in East Nashville, and he would spend hours cutting every little piece to make that crown molding just right. And as you say now, okay, let's get a two by four and let's paint it and, and, and uh, caulk it. and you're saying white now where we went through a a nice phase of everything was gray like the crown molding yes yes white white is a clean crisp feel Mm -hmm. it gives you and that's why like when i go to older homes Mm -hmm. is to do trim and white to do a lot of white accents it gives you a clean feeling Mm -hmm. you know it's not it doesn't muddy the water it's very clean and crisp and so, and it's easy to put anything with it. Visit our friends at 840 Inspections who will inspect your home like it is their own. They use thermal imaging on all new construction inspections to show areas lacking in insulation or with water intrusion. They have a 100% buyer satisfaction guarantee and work weekends. Please visit their website, 840inspections.com for a quote or to schedule an inspection. Call 615-840. 3040. Renters Warehouse Nashville has become the top property management company in Tennessee, specializing in generating rental income for your property. Their Nashville team is local and professional. They're ready to help homeowners and investors lease their home or property with confidence. Call 615-398-9550 for Renters Warehouse Nashville. You mentioned farm. Uh, farm style, farmhouses. Mm-hmm. Uh, one show that comes to mind is Chip and Joanna Gaines. Yes. And their show, what is the name of that show again? Fixer Upper. Fixer Upper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know why he didn't know that because he's a regular watcher. <laughs> <laughs> I watch that show all the time. I, I love it. What I did is it brought in some pillows mm. similar to what she has or some accent uh, tabletop pieces, uh, uh, baskets, uh, things like that. Um, that's not necessarily my style, but I have to do touches of that in a home somewhere because that's what people do. I'm more traditional, um, a classic kind of style, um, a little bit contemporary, uh, but I'm more of a traditional style. But then I pick the mind of my person, my client. What makes them tick? What do they like? And then I interpret that through visual um, elements in order to make the house pop. But I have to, and that's why I meet with my clients in order to find out what do you like? What's important to you? And then even in decorating, I will ask the realtor in staging, what do you like? Or what is the seller? What, what region is the seller from? Yes. And and that helps determine it too. I have some now from the Mid East that I have staged probably six houses for. And I know in the Mid East they use very or, ornate uh, light fixtures, mm-hmm. crystal, and so forth. So then my style is bumped up a little bit more. It's not modern, it has to have a little bit more ornateness to it because that's the style that they like. 
So when you're, because um, I've done a walkthrough with you for staging. Mm -hmm. So when you are um, staging, you're thinking more about the seller versus and what where they're from versus more the like targeting certain buyers. Is that what you're saying? Or um, initially, I'm meeting. <clears throat> excuse me. If they're still living in the house, then I am looking at the seller and the realtor. Okay. My number one thing would be really the realtor. Okay. Because your sign is in front of the house, and it's representing you when the person work in there walk into the home. So I'm saying, okay, what type? What is this? I need to reflect this realtor, and then the seller, they are planning on moving. Right. So my thing is what the realtor likes and what the general public. So I would okay. say probably forty percent of the realtor, and the other six sixty percent is the buyer. Okay. What is appealing to the buyer? When they first come through the door, I only have two seconds in order to make an impression mm -hmm. on them to decide whether they're going to continue walking through the home or not. So the first thing they see has to be the, the thing that's going to draw them into the house. So I want to talk a little bit more about that because obviously White and I believe in staging. We um, believe it gets you more uh, for the home, we yes. believe it gets people to stay in your home longer. Yes. Um, when they're when they're viewing it. Yes. Um, I wanted you to kind of talk about the the benefits of staging uh, for people that may not see the value in it, like like we do. Okay. Well, uh, they there are statistics that show that eighty five percent of homes that are staged sell quicker. Mm -hmm. um, eighty five to eighty three percent. When you walk into a home and it's not staged, they tend to only stay in the home maybe five minutes, five to 10 minutes. If the home is staged, they stay in the home an average of almost 15 to 30 minutes, they will stay in that home. Because people, you tell them to not look at the interior that they buy in the house, but they do look at the furnishings in the house. They're looking at the furnishings and then it caused them to picture where they would put their items there are times that I bought into stage when people, if it was not staged, they couldn't picture, where would I put a sofa in this room? Because it's so small, do I even have enough room to put a, a king-size bed in this room? So if it's not furniture in there and you're not a visual person, then you would turn that house down because you said, oh, my king-size bed can't fit in here. My sofa, sectional sofa cannot fit in this room or I can't even fit a sofa in here. But when I actually bring the items in the room, the sofa, the bed, then they can say, oh yeah, I can see. This is a lot of room in here. You have something to judge it by. But if you don't have anything in the room, there's nothing to judge the room by. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't think with that liberal side of the brain. And that's why I'm excited to be hired <laughs> for those people that cannot think with the liberals. Because when I walk in, I literally, within a few minutes, I see it all decorated. I'm standing there, and that's why I tell the realtors, don't talk to me right now. <laughs> because I'm visualizing this room. Let me just give me my moment so I can feel it. I have to be in the room to feel it. And then I say, okay, this is what I feel in this room. Because when they come in, people make decisions on emotions mm -hmm. a lot of times we shouldn't but we do make it mm -hmm. feel so if it makes you feel good and it smells good you're yeah. gonna buy it mm -hmm. you're gonna buy it <laughs> yes. 
That's like in department stores. They got the nice music on. Uh, Abercrombie, that store would pump all these nice men mm-hmm. cologne smell, mm-hmm. and like you gonna be in there shopping because mm-hmm. the sense it appeals to your sense of smell and visual. And we're visual people, and we're people that appeal to cooking. Just think about an apple pie. You can smell that right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we haven't mm-hmm. even talked about uh, some of the last house you staged for us, but That's right. what you just said, uh, we could tell was true because, you know, we can tell when people would go in the house and when they would leave <laughs> most of the time. And this is only like a 1,097 square yeah. foot house. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of on the smaller side, mm-hmm. but people would stay in there like 45 minutes. Yes. And you're like, where, where why? <laughs> How, what were you doing for so long? Right. This is two bedroom. What are you doing in there? <laughs> right. Yeah. So what you right. said is really true. Yeah. And, and that we, t- we knew mm-hmm. um after reading all of that and seeing it, mm-hmm. you know, play out, we were like, every house has to be staged. Right. <laughs> um, it definitely makes right. the difference. And all the feedback was so positive about oh, the wow. inside of the house. Wow. That's so awesome. that's something I, we haven't even told you, wow. but it was. It was incredibly that's dumb, awesome. Yeah. I oh. really enjoyed how, how you were able to pull... I mean, there were some golds and some, yeah, it was just, I didn't think that could go there, but it looked so good. So good. The way the couch matched with the, mm-hmm. with the pillows and the, the, the paintings that were on the wall. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you brought your own light, your floor lamp for the, yeah. for the living room. Like, there's no, there's no ceiling fan here. There's yeah. no way to get light, but you took care mm-hmm. of that for yeah. us. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Which You're would welcome. Make... Thanks for noticing that. Yeah, because <laughs> it would make potential buyers not think yeah. about there's no fan or, or right. something up there with light mm-hmm. because right. there's something there yeah so. but we're using gold and silver uh together because mm-hmm. they were at one time you know the brassy mm-hmm. uh gold was in but now it's the brush gold mm-hmm. and so we're able to use the silver um or the nickel finish and the uh bronze finish but not the bronze the nickel and the brush gold are the two that we can interact with each other now. It used to be there were rules to say, oh, you just use gold or you just use silver. Mm-hmm. You don't put them together. But there's not any rules in decorating. We have things that we, general principles that we go by, but there's not a rule. The more you break a rule, actually the more unique a room looks. Okay. Because if you do something a little bit different, then it's like, oh, wow, it gets the interest. But if you just have the same thing, same end table, same coffee table, it's boring. Mm -hmm. But when you break it and change it up, the term is called eclectic. Mm -hmm. So if you change it up and bring in different items that are not matchy-matchy, then your eye flows and moves around the room, and it doesn't make it look so boring. (laughs) Something I was, this is what I was thinking of, the... uh, I know not everybody wants to stage every room or that's mm-hmm. not something um, maybe even you do on a right. normal basis. How do you choose which rooms should be staged? Uh, we look at what rooms sell the house the most. Mm-hmm. And generally the home, and, and that's determined by the rooms that you stay in the most. Your master bedroom, uh, your living room, your master bathroom, the kitchen. That's generally the rooms that people are in the most. Mm-hmm. So you want to stage those rooms. 
your living room when you first come in, what do you see? Your entryway. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that that room is staged because that's the first impression. And then at some point, they're going to go to the kitchen. Uh, most people, when you entertain or at some point, you're going to be in the kitchen eating because we all have to eat. So you stage the kitchen or the dining room area where you're going to eat. And a lot of people don't use dining rooms, but it may be the countertops. You're staging the countertops. And then you have your master bedroom that you stage. You want to be, a lot of people never even go in the living room, realistically. No. You stay, you have a television in your, in your bedroom. So that bedroom has got to feel like a spa, like a resort. And then the next place would be the master bathroom because that's part of the spa. What are you going to do? You're going to soak in a tub or you're going to get in a shower with the rain head shower. So those rooms affect you the most. And so that's what... What when we decorate, I concentrate on those because the other rooms, the guest bedrooms, the children bedrooms, you don't think about those. Even the rec room, the bonus room, mm -hmm. you may or may not, you know, sometimes I don't even go upstairs for a couple of days. That's where my rec room is. Mm -hmm. But my living room and all of that, I, I'm going to pass right through there to get to whatever room I need to go to in the kitchen. So we stage generally five rooms or the two would be, it's generally four and then you add on the master bathroom i still call those a room mm -hmm. because even though in real estate we don't measure those rooms but they're still a room so generally you stage five rooms great thank you you're welcome you know so much has gone in the last i guess 20 years or so has been about becoming more open concept mm -hmm. in housing where has that made it more difficult or less difficult with placing furniture in a room because you may not have a dividing wall or even a section of a wall keeping the kitchen from the living room. Right. From the a formal dining that used to yes. be there. You do. that. That's To me, that's made my job better or more people want to hire me because they cannot perceive where to put furniture. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, so therefore, I'm like, thank you, thank you for the open space. <laughs> Because now I have to come in and stage it and say, okay, this is how you do it. And it's easily done a lot of time by a rug. When you ground it by a rug, that's one secret I give you all today. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. You can break up the space by using a rug in the area. And once you use a rug in there, that defines that area. Even if you don't have a wall, that defines it. But it makes it more, even more necessary to stage it when you have open space because you have to set up the walls visually for a person. That's fascinating. I want to go buy a rug right now. <laughs> You've been wanting to buy a rug. Oh, uh, yeah. If it's not cowhide, <laughs> then it's something else. Well, I don't know. That looks good. Let's do that one. They can be a piece of artwork, yeah. Yeah. McDonald's Insurance and Financial Services is the premier insurance and financial services agency locally owned and operated, having locations in Tennessee, Mississippi, and Arkansas. Their company works with only the most reputable insurance companies to give you the best coverage for your needs. Call 901-451-3811. Again, that's 901-451-3811 for McDonald's Insurance and Financial Services. Networth Realty of Nashville is growing wealth in Tennessee by providing people across the Nashville metropolitan area with the tools and expertise they need to succeed in the residential real estate market. 
Their specialists understand the ins and outs of Nashville and are experts at locating undervalued properties in the city's most desirable neighborhoods. That's Net Worth Realty of Nashville, 615-823-2777. I have uh, shown condos recently and that's, that is the perfect floor plan where you're trying to show different rooms and open yes. space. Um, so I'm going to share that with my yes. client. Yes. So, because some of them are even shaped real funny, where it's even mm-hmm. hard to figure out where to put the couch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to share it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always think that's so funny when they're doing the big reveal on an HGTV show. Yes. And they say, "Here's the living room. Okay, now we're going to go to the kitchen." But I see them in the living room already. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, "You guys can see the kitchen. Why do we have to walk five feet now and do this again? The whole thing again?" <laughs> You're exactly right. And I do think that, too. I, I, my thought is, yeah, I can see it over there. <laughs> but it's part of the big reveal. You got to have the drama. Otherwise, we wouldn't watch the show. That's right. <laughs> we wouldn't watch the show. Yeah. How do you find the items that really, uh, that you put into your houses or that you design in? You know what? That's the most fascinating part of my job. It's like a safari hunt. Because it's like you have to look under rocks, you have to look <laughs> up in trees, you know. So and there are many resources. Um, you can go. I go online mm-hmm. and and get a lot of items on the internet. I may go in a retail store. Uh, I may go to the market to purchase, and um, then I may just uh, find a friend even sometimes that has a piece of item. But I start my, um, a lot of times I get influenced by looking at magazines. Uh, believe it or not, I, I mean, they're making a lot of digital now. Mm-hmm. But I love to look at my, I get my inspiration and I wake up three in the morning and say, okay, this is how I'm going to decorate that particular room. But I find my resources by looking on the internet. And um, I've started more on the internet. Before it was, we call it field observation. And that's what we spend most of our time as decorators is looking. The internet has made it easier for us that we don't have to spend a lot of gas money going out to this place or flying to this place or that place. Uh, but it's uh, the internet and then looking at retail stores. And it depends on the time frame for the client as to whether I have time to order something or not. If they want something done right away, I don't have six or eight weeks to order it. Mm-hmm. But it, so then I have to go to a retail store and then we have wholesalers that we can use to the trade. Mm-hmm. And that's where the license and the tax number come in that I have to have it for my company because there are certain stores and companies that they only sell to the trade. And you have to have your tax number and, and your uh, business license in order to purchase. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the advantages like realtors is certain things that we as realtors can do mm-hmm. that the typical buyer can't do. Whereas an interior decorator, there's certain things that we can do, we can go and purchase, whereas the average person could not go to that place and purchase it. I try to, and staging, there's sometimes I stage where I use what they already have. And that's so exciting to walk in and I will walk through an entire home and then I will go back from where I started, front door, and then we'll start moving things around. And it's amazing to the owners, wow, I never thought about using it in that way. So we can also use what you already have. It doesn't have to be, I go out and purchase something. And it saves the owner money and it saves the realtor money. So because that's half the time of me decorating because I'm using what they already have. 
So if an agent just needs you to come in and take down some personal stuff, mm -hmm. rearrange some things just to make it um, more appealing to a buyer, that's something they can they can call you about. Yes, they okay. definitely can. And agents love that because I take, if agent says to a seller, take down that picture, your family pictures, then the seller is going to kind of say, mm, I, I like that picture. But when I come in as an interior decorator, I'm a neutral person. I'm not receiving money from selling their home. I'm coming in there and I'm telling them, this is how you make the most money on selling your home. So I need you to take down the picture of the dog. I need you to take down the deer head off the wall. I need you to move that big lazy boy chair out of the living room. But my lazy boy, <laughs> I wore those holes in there. That's hard work. That's three Super Bowls yes. that thing has seen. Yes. And one client, he was okay until I said to move his lazy boy. <laughs> and he said, that chair? <laughs> yes, that chair has got to be moved. It hits you as soon as you come in the door. You can't even come in the door. <laughs> that lazy boy chair has got to be moved. Do you want me to help you to move it or do we going to get somebody to move it? <laughs> And every time they move it, I don't think I've had one to say, no, I'm not going to move it. And then, of course, he's on the spot with me, the realtor, and his wife. Yes. <laughs> but you came in and got to be the bad yes. guy. <laughs> I, I, I can come in, be the bad guy. And then when they when we finish with it, they say, wow, we don't think we want to move. It looks so good. I was like, nope, you're not getting me in trouble with the realtor. You're going to move. That's why we are on the stage in your home. <laughs> Did the guy decide he didn't need the chair anymore because it looked so good? Or was he, he, let, yeah. <laughs> he, he let me move it on the other side of the room. <laughs> we were able to move it on the other side. And I said, we're not going to totally move it out of here. Let's just move it to the other side of the room so people can come into your home. So he's like, okay, okay. you know. And then, of course, he was happy when I told her to move her flowers off the table. <laughs> See, it's only fair. Yes, you got to move those flowers they too tall on this table <laughs> so it, it worked out great yep it did <laughs> so in real estate we all have our funny stories so <laughs> i'm sure you have one just as much as the rest of us so what's your funny story yes oh my gosh oh my gosh i was in the nation's decorating one of the horizontal regime houses that has a little balcony up there so I was finished decorating. I said, oh, I see some fingerprints on the table. I'm going to get the Windex from my van. So I went uh, to the van, and all of a sudden I heard, the door locked, locked behind me. It was an electronic door oh. locked, and it locked. So I said, I know I didn't hear that door lock. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> didn't have my cell phone, didn't have my purse because I was just going to go out to the van. So I go back to the door. Sure enough, it's locked. So I look in the lockbox to see, was it an extra key? No, there was not extra key. Didn't have my cell phone. So I said, okay, it's a grocery store across the street. I'm going to go over here and ask to use their telephone. So first, the guy looks like, really? You don't have a phone? I said, I don't, my phone is locked in the house <laughs> across the street. You see my van over there. So he let me call the realtor. I called the realtor. She called the owner. So the owner came. He said, 
the extra keys are in the kitchen in the drawer. <laughs> I said, you don't have any extra keys. I left them inside. I said, what? So he says, you know what? I got a ladder. Um, I will climb up to the balcony and see if the bedroom door is unlocked on the balcony. So he gets his 20-foot ladder, gets up there and crawls up there to um, unlock the door. It was locked. So I said, okay, come on down. He said, I can't come down. I said, what do you mean you can't come down? He said, I had an accident and I messed my hip up, so I can't crawl back down. I said, what? I said, Rapunzel, Rapunzel. Let down your hair. I said, okay, you got your cell phone, right? He said, yes, I do. I said, call a locksmith. So he calls a locksmith. So the locksmith comes 30 minutes later. So I'm sitting on the front porch talking to him up on the balcony. And he tells me about his four children. And he's been a builder for 15 years and a plumber. He's telling me his whole life story until the guy gets there to open up. The guy couldn't open the front door, the locksmith. So then he goes to the back door. He finally opens it up. And then he gets him off the balcony. So <laughs> needless to say, I will never go in the house again and leave my cell phone inside. And I will make sure there's an extra key. Because when I heard that electronic lock, lock I said, no, I know it didn't just lock the door. Oh, my gosh. So that was so funny. But when he said he couldn't come down off the balcony, I'm like, what do you mean you can't come down? He said, I, my hip, I messed my hip up. I cannot come down. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So, <laughs> so needless to say, everybody that uh, I told about that story, because when I called back to the office to ask them to have the realtor to contact them, they said, did you finally get back in the house? <laughs> like, yes, I finally finished the house. So that was a learning lesson. I certainly learned my lesson. It sounds like you got to do some great rapport building while he was on the You were downstairs. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, we became good friends. Yeah. <laughs> Knew about his family, his wonderful four children. <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. It was good. It was a good event. Yep. He, he had a sense of humor and idea too, but it was so funny when I said, Rapunzel, let down your hair. He had a good grade of hair, but anyway. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like y'all should have planned out that who was going to climb the ladder. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because I could have climbed it. It's like, really? <laughs> he just knew that the door was open and it's like, I can't come. forgotten to ask you <laughs> this has been so wonderful no interior decorating is your interior of your home or your environment where you live is one of the most important things you want to be able to come home to something that makes you feel relaxed makes you feel good that you want to come home to it other than the individual we want to make sure that the interior is something that's relaxing for you so just remember Wherever you at, if it's a one-bedroom apartment or if it's a 5,000-square-foot home, make it the best place to come home to. Thank you so much, Pamela. Thank you for having me.
This has been a production of Corkscrews and Contracts. Podcast copyright 2019.